Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Disciples' Quest. I'm Justin. I'm Will. And I'm Emily. And we are here to finish our discussion uh, covering Ephesians chapter 1. I hope uh, that you guys all stick around for the full episode. Uh, we're pretty excited to cover this. Uh, there's a lot to talk about, especially because we're going to get into Ephesians 2, just the beginning of it. Yeah, so the first thing that we wanted to mention, I think William was going to mention it first, is before we get into the podcast today on covering Ephesians, we just wanted to give you guys a bit of an update when it comes to the things that we've been working on besides the podcast. Absolutely. So um, we have a few things up since last time, as announced in the introductionary episode that we did. Uh, so the website is up at disciplesquest.net. We have our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just search Disciples Quest, and you get that. We have a Patreon now, and I'm just going to read off uh, the Patreon tiers. So we have Quest Tier 1. That's $3 a month. We'll send uh, you a personal thank you. And at that point going forward, we'll also send you updates through email. And so you know um, the upcoming things before anyone else does. You can opt out any time, of course, but... As some people That's, might want to do. Yeah. As some people might want to do. They we're might not, not going to force you to ha- listen to emails if you don't want. But, you know, there, yeah, are, there are a lot of people that do enjoy those emails. Updates and knowing things that, that are going to happen before other people do. Yeah. That's an option. Uh, some people might just be wanting to do the $3 thing just to support us and not want have to deal with the emails. And that's okay, too. Um, The next one, it would be Quest Tier 2. And that's $6 a month. You get the option of having the emails like Quest Tier 1. We'll also shout you out in every episode and you can send us question or comments and we'll read them out and answer it for you on the podcast um, or just commentate on it, depending on what the comment or whatever you send us, I guess. Then we'll also have uh, quest tier three, which is $10 a month. And if you do that, you get everything that we offer you in quest tier one and two, as well as the ability to enter into our raffle once a month for a chance to have a discussion with us on our podcast. Oh yeah. So, um, other than that, we're going to be adding a shop soon with some merchandise. You also receive, uh, with Quest Tier 3, a 15% discount on any merchandise that we're going to be having. The store is not up yet, so on the uh, Quest Tier 3 on the Patreon, it says pending release. That will probably be up within the next month or so. So that's what we have for our Patreon right now. Um, so everything can be found through the website if you don't know where to go. The website has links to every single one of those things. Uh, it also has, you know, our episodes are up on the website if you prefer to listen to them online with a web player. I don't know who does that, but we did include the option. Uh, we have a blog that Emily releases every Wednesday. It's, she also releases it on Facebook as well, I believe. Yep. We also have a contact form in case you guys want to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. Any comments, constructive criticism, questions, we'd love to get all of that, and we'll answer them over the podcast or if we can't fit it in or we don't feel like it would, you know, take up enough time or whatever, then we could also just, we'll, we'll, we'll respond back to you, guaranteed, for the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, because our, you know, community is relatively small at this point, we'll be able to respond to every single person that does talk to us, and so we can guarantee that at the moment. Um, so that'd be wonderful if you guys could do that and help us out and help us build the ministry and help us to learn um, about God's Word with you guys. And that's all I have to say about the social media website. Emily, you want to continue? Thank you. <laughs> so we're going to go over the rest of Ephesians 1, starting at verse 15. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love of God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. Ask God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. 
I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand and in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Dude, what a beautiful way to end that chapter there. I absolutely love that. Sometimes it's hard to know what to pray about. Um, we often do the um, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, which is also a great... Uh, this, I mean, he literally... Jesus said, this is how you should pray, and he gave us that. This is another good one that we could use. Um, if you're stuck on what you want to pray that day, open it up to Ephesians and read from 15 on till the end of uh, chapter 1 because, man, that's extremely powerful. Let's uh, share what we think about this, guys. For sure. So um, right from the beginning, when it says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. I'm reading from the NIV, if it sounds different from Emily's version. Um, Remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So when it says, ever since I have heard about your faith, it would be interesting to look into that historically, um, seeing what we have on that, because it's just interesting that he talks about, I'm not sure if it's somewhere in the Bible, but it's just interesting that he talks about, ever since I have heard about that, since Paul, I believe, started the church in Ephesus, I wonder what he means by, ever since I've heard of that. So did he start it, and then it wasn't really anything at the time, it was too small, and then he leaves later, and receives letters, I guess, about it being a bigger, much stronger church? Mm-hmm. Well, we hear about it somehow, and I just think it's amazing that Ever since he heard about it, though, he just kept on praying for them. Like, he didn't just leave them behind and was like, see you later. He's like, no, I'm actually thinking about you guys. I'm thinking about what's going on in your lives, and I'm wanting to bring you to to God and, you know, keep on having that faith with you. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess it would be a lot easier, especially back in those times, there's no way to stay connected. So even though he heard about them, it probably would have been much easier to put them on the back burner and just go on about your day. He's sure he's really busy, you know, spraying the gospel and all that, but he didn't. He kept thinking about them. He kept them in his thoughts and prayers and, uh, and he says, never stopped praying. Yeah, exactly. Ryan says he does not cease to give thanks for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and can you imagine you in you're, if you're traveling and he went like pretty far to preach the gospel. And mm-hmm. so can you imagine hearing about that and never stopping thinking about them even though, like, there's and no there's way to stay connected. There's no Facebook. There's no way. People aren't messaging him. They're not keeping up yeah. to date. Yeah. He just knows that they're there. And so he's praying religiously to, for God to help them and to give them wisdom and all that. And he's giving, them, and he's giving God thanks for, for their faith in Christ, that they, that they saw the truth that he was laying out. Yeah. It's pretty powerful. And he's not just writing this letter to be like, I have some more knowledge for you. He's actually showing them that he cares about the community too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I continue, it then says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glory, glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. 
That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. So he seems to be drawing emphasis to that the same power that enlightened them is the same exact power that raised Jesus from the dead. Mm-hmm. So that same power that rose Jesus from the dead is living in us now. And the way I think about it is how like God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So that power mm-hmm. continues. And wherever God is, that same power is. So because it's in us, we too get to experience that love, that joy, that peace, all of that power that comes from God every day of our lives because it's right yeah. in us. Yeah. I often forget that. Uh, in my day-to-day life, I have to be reminded of this exact thing, of this exact verse, that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in me. Um, sometimes I get discouraged if I feel like prayers aren't being answered. Uh, by the way, answered the way that I thought was right. Maybe not exactly what God wanted. And I'm like, well, what's going on? Like, how come the spirit, how come I don't feel the spirit? How come uh, the, the prayers aren't being answered the way I thought they would be? Well, hold on the same spirit that Paul is talking about, the Jesus that walked on the earth, that knew Paul, that lived with these people, that saw these miracles, that's the same spirit that's in me. So nothing is out of reach for Jesus is what I'm trying to say. And the same things, the same miracles we saw performed in the Bible, the same grace that was given to those people is also given to me and will also be given to the future generations, which is actually a bit into chapter two that they talk about that. Um, that it is the grace is, was not just for them, and it's not just for and not just for them and us, but also for the future generations as well. Mm-hmm. It's never ending. <laughs> and I kind of wondered too if uh, when he said this, that it didn't just serve as a reminder for encouragement, but also a reminder to keep them like I don't know focused on on track. Because remember how many times the Jews have forgotten. I've forgotten about God's incredible power and then automatically became afraid and turned to ulterior methods to mm-hmm. serve their needs and causes. So, I mean, Paul being a Jew, he probably remembers that. And so I wonder if the reminder is encouragement, but also just a reminder to keep them from turning, if he's trying to, to draw attention to it in order to keep them from turning his back on them. But mm-hmm. um, So we can continue. He exerted... Uh, hang on one second. Uh, here's one thing. Uh, in chapter 18, he said... Uh, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? That's what uh, New King James says. Um, so to me, it seems like he's saying, like, he's praying that we seek out knowledge and wisdom from him, that we ask to see the riches of his glory, that he guides us down the path that he laid out for us. What do you think it means when it says that we ask to see the riches of his glory? I don't know. Because that can mean any number of things. The first thing that comes to my head is when we ask for a lot as Christians. I mean, uh, not everyone does, but sometimes Christians will ask for things that they don't need or shouldn't have or they're too far out of their reaches because they know God can give it to them. doesn't mean God's going to give it to them. Mm-hmm. So we ask to see the riches of his glory. We ask to see his power, and he doesn't always show it because maybe it's not always what we need in the moment. But I think it can also be tied to spiritual blessings. The riches of his glory. I mean, first okay. of all, I think it's his grace and his forgiveness, but I think it's also could be the riches of his glory could be the spiritual blessings that he will be giving us. Mm-hmm, for mm. sure. And it, the way it says in the NLT, confident hope that he has given to those he called. 
it's just I think that's also a part of the riches because that confident hope is just I feel like that gives you so much empowerment yeah what Justin said I think that makes a lot more sense in context to this entire letter Mm -hmm. so that's probably what it is you put thought into that so the idea that his riches and glorious inheritance I just think about how like on earth right we have people that we get inheritance from that's just money but with God it's not about money it's about all the spiritual blessings that you mentioned Justin Mm -hmm. it's just just a powerful thing like it shows that same power again in our lives I also love how poetic Paul is. And I, mm-hmm. I know David is considered the poet of the Bible. Right. But uh, he would just words things in ways I would never think. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. I can just imagine that, like, right? Like when we enter, when we allow the spirit to enter us, it's like your eyes are open for the first mm-hmm. time. Um, very often when I hear of testimonies of many people, I've seen it from former atheists, former people from other religions, or people that just re- didn't really believe. They say when they accept Christ, it's like they see the world in completely new light. One testimony I saw, the guy said, it's like the whole world had color suddenly. And it's because he saw every aspect of the world as basically um, a creation of God. So he said when he saw a guy in the street, that wasn't just a guy in the street now. Oh, that is that guy there was made in the image of God. It's like the whole world changed the way he the way he perceived the world. So when I think of that, when he says his eye, that your eyes are enlightened, that's that's what I think, is that you see God's glory and God's grace and God's riches in a completely different aspect, a completely different perspective. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's awesome, and I I think that I should be more like that. Honestly, walk down the street, see a guy, and not just ignore him, but think that might be a lost soul, and maybe there isn't tons I can do right now can smile at him for one right like we can do at least that we can talk try talking to some people now it depends on the area of the city you live in you know i got to be cautious but at the same time i i very often think of francis chan who once gave a sermon who said that when he became a christian in high school and as soon as he became a christian he said the uh the bell rang and everyone was going on their lunch and he saw the hallway was just filled with people and the only thing he could think all these people are going to hell all of these people, these are my friends. These are my classmates. And I won't be able to see them in heaven unless they're saved. And that might seem for some people like kind of a dark way to look at it, but it's a realistic way to look at it. And he spent that whole summer going through his yearbook, seeing every face there and calling them and, and telling them about Jesus. Man, I want that kind of heart. Like I, I want to be able to do that. I, I want to. And it's something I should work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and witnessing to other people, you don't have to do it to everyone. No, you can start just with some, just whoever you think, like ask God, put someone on your heart, and then go and exactly. Know, talk and to them. that I think that'll be a whole topic for another podcast. Mm-hmm. But like, honestly, the, when they say planting the seed, right? Like, you don't necessarily just have to walk up to someone and say, "Hey, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? You need to know him, or else you're going to hell." That's not going to work. Be their friend. Um, get to know them talk to them, ask them how they're doing. And if you're going along with the spirit, I think eventually this person's going to be like, what's with that William guy? There's something different about him. I, I've had that told to me a, a couple of times and they're just like, Justin, there's something different about you. What is it? Why is it that you're, that you're, you do the things that you do? Why is it that like you told me you can't hang out Sundays? What is this church thing that you go to? Why are you kind? Why, why do you, abstain from going to the club with all these with all your friends what what is it 
and I think that's a good thing. I mean, the Jews clearly stood out at the time. In the Old Testament, God prohibited Jews from doing certain things, even marring the edges of their beard. Like, he did very specific things so Jews could stand out. And as Christians, we are to stand out in this world. We want people to see an entire crowd of people and just point at that guy. Oh, that guy is clearly a Christian. I can see from his fruit. I can see from his actions. Um, I think that's important for us to remember, too, but... Preach it. <laughs> Thanks for that input, William. Uh, no problem. So I want to move to verse 20, unless you guys have any other points. Nope, go for it. So verse 20 says, Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Now, some people might not exactly understand what that is. So it's talking about in heaven, there's going to be a throne. Obviously, God will be upon it when we see God and at his right hand will be Jesus. And what Paul is doing, he's actually directly um, relating to Psalm 110. And this was prophesied that mm-hmm. the Messiah would be at the right hand of Jesus. Uh, sorry, the right hand of God. So Psalms 110, the actual title of this says announcement of the Messiah's reign, oh, wow. the Messiah. So this is prophesying the Messiah. The first thing it says, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Your Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion, rule in the midst of your enemies. So it says, sit at my right hand. This is what the Messiah will be doing. And then Ephesians 1, what does it say? Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand. So this was Paul making a direct connection to Psalm 110, which was prophesying the Messiah. I thought that was really cool. Cool. Cool, fine, man. Study Bibles are good. Because I was like, well, dang, I, I saw the right Bible. hand thing and I was like, I've heard that before. Sweet. It. Yeah, it's a great connection. I really like how um, you brought that to the podcast for us. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. So I pretty much got that God's power and rule is above all earthly power, dominion and name, you know? So he's basically saying these politicians, these presidents, even right now, uh, not to get political, but things are pretty uh, rough right now with Russia and Ukraine. God's above Vladimir Putin. God's above um, Kim Jong-un. I know these guys are powerful. Um, God's above them. Now we should pray for them. Pray for those in power. The Bible tells us to do that too. Uh, But God's authority is definitely above theirs. So, And well, more to your point, Justin, he was saying that it's not just he has power over everything today, but not only today, everything in the future, mm-hmm. everything. So, like, if you guys can hear that, that's just my phone hitting the boom arm of the microphone. It makes a really, yeah, and it makes Put that Put your phone noise. away. What are you doing? I was just fiddling with it. Okay. All right. It's away. No more, no more vibrating, guys. We're good. Sorry, so you're saying that you found something else with 21 there? About no, I was just adding to your point that not, he has power not only over any war that might happen today or anything that, any power that exists today, but any power of all time, period. Mm. But anyways, yes. um, and it kind of implies that. So maybe that wasn't necessary. When I, I, just say, I, mean, I just wanted to extract power. everything I could from the verse before I moved on. Fair enough. So where it says not only in this world, but also in the world to come, I was thinking about how, like to me, I was thinking about heaven being our world to come, like how we're going to be there too and how God's power is there as well. So even when we're dead 
and in heaven we still get to experience that power it's like eternal throughout all our existence and then uh in verse 22 and he put all things under his feet and gave them to be head over all things to the church now i want to ask you guys about that what do you think it means when he says he put all things under his feet well, let's finish reading the verse. Oh, you did. Sorry. I'm just going to read the second verse just to see if it adds any context. So, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed them to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. One second. I think I have to. You should also probably read slower because people will want to be following along. <laughs> you were just like, and they put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things in the church. People can't follow along with that. Give it some just more passion. And God placed all things <laughs> under his feet and appointed him to no, be the no, no, head no. over everything for the church. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Okay, so when it says under his feet, in the NLT, it says the authority. So I think puts me under your, th- hmm. under your feet is like, you know, having power over that right so it's like you are above it so you have control of that situation that makes sense you that could be interpreted in a negative way for like some putting reason. something underneath your feet could be sorry i completely cut you off no it's all good but yeah i was curious on what that meant but it makes a lot more sense the way that you described it there emily i guess what it's really saying is that all things are subject to his rule and authority and that any any sin any action any person is all under him. He's like, and it doesn't, we don't mean that in like some kind of powerful, tyrannical way. It's just in the hierarchy, right? Um, he is the Lord of Lords. He is above all. Uh, he sees out. He knows all. He sees all. He's the ultimate judge. So in that sense, everything is underneath him. Like when you're in a court, who has the most amount of power? Is it the judge or is it the lawyer or is it the person that's on trial? I mean, the judge is above, right? So that's, I guess, what it's saying when he's saying it's under his feet. Yeah, and that could be taken in a negative way. Uh, there's a saying, you know, under someone's boot or whatever. And so, like you were saying, it could be taken as a tyrannical way. But I think um, we have, especially Westerners, like we tend to put quite a bit of emphasis on freedom and all that. And we have, in um, how do I play? How do I uh, say this? We could we put quite a bit of emphasis on freedom, and sometimes we overemphasize it to the degree where it's like we just don't we're a bit rebellious we don't want to be under anyone's power or authority we want to be completely free of all that and live our own lives and whatever but in this case um man i almost got political there for a second yeah that's okay but no it's true though it's like we have to talk about this i think authority is not a bad thing we have to live in authority for Mm -hmm. this world to run we have to live in authority for society to function we have to live under authority to be Christians because God is the ultimate authority. Mm-hmm. And um, morality and what we're supposed to do from our lives comes from a higher power, which is God. And that's the best way to operate in your life. And so he placed it for the sake of the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So saying that, it'd be interesting to discuss with you guys the implications and charges of responsibility that come with that. The church is his body, which does his work on earth. We are responsible for spreading the gospel, and not just spreading the gospel, mitigating suffering and providing good to the world. Like, of all the things that you can give authority to in your life, like, there's so many things out there that can have control over you. So, God is, like, the ultimate thing that you could 
give power to in your life, right? Because he has all that knowledge. He's the most powerful. So why not give authority to him in your life? Because he already has it. So focusing back on 23, um, yeah, implications, charges. When it comes to how do we function as members of the body of Christ? Like, what does it mean to be right. part of his body? So if God is interacting with this world, world and we are the church, the church is his body. We're the one that's supposed to be interacting in this world. We're the one that's his um, agents of operation. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing my head can grasp at. That's fine. You can say that. We are called to be God's hands and feet. Like we are Jesus' yeah. vessel on earth. Absolutely. I'm just trying to, I was just trying to put that in different words to explain to people that might not have heard that before. Yeah. Basically what you said, we're, we're the ones that are making change in this world for God's glory. So when it says like everything for the church, which is his body. So it's not just saying like the church as a building. It's like about us being part of that body so how can we like function as that body? Hmm. That is a really good question. Yeah, and that's actually a question that I every church that I've been in has been questioning. <laughs> that's oh, a question yeah. that people Questions. have been questioning. No, but it has been something that's been a point of contention in churches going back as far as I can remember. I mean, whatever. I'm 25. I haven't been on this earth that long. But just because it's like, wh- how do you do that? It's like, how do you function optimally as the body of Christ? Mm-hmm. How do you do the most good in this world? How do you make Christians the disciples and make non-believers into Christians, right? Yeah. That's a tough thing. That's a, a big it's, responsibility. It's not a simple answer either, I think. Being a Christian, I think, is the biggest responsibility. Yeah. Being a, Sorry, I, I, that's not quite right. Being a disciple is the biggest responsibility. Answering God's calling. Some might say it's a quest. A disciple's quest. That's right. Which is why we're doing this. And the thing is, the body of Christ is not just confined to one place, right? So we're all over the world. There's so many Christians out there, and there can be more if we just mm-hmm. get out there and actually show people what God is about, what it means to be a Christian. Show them that fire that's inside of us, that power, that wonderful redeeming love that made us Christians, mm-hmm. and you know, just demonstrate to them yeah. the power of that. And it, I, I think it's, it really comes down to the little things too, right? Like watching what we say around other people. Um, like what kind of music are you listening to? It can even come down to that, right? Because I will be honest. Like I used to not think that the music I was listening to had an influence at all. I denied it. Every time someone was, would mention it to me, Justin, should you really be listening to a song that swears every 10 seconds? And I would just say, oh, I can ignore it. It, it doesn't have an impact on me. Or, you know, like I think there are some love songs that are fine to listen to like once you're married. Um, but when I'm not in that stage and I'm 18 years old and I'm singing love songs all day when I'm playing guitar, should I really be doing that? What am I filling my mind with when I'm doing that? And it was all, I didn't realize it at the time that it did have an impact. So there's a lot of things, tiny details that we should be fixing in order to make sure that we are ready for those people, right? Like I was kind of saying earlier, we want to stand out. We want people to know that we are Christians and uh, so if, if, I, if I'm at work, right, and I'm just working in my shop, do I want people to hear that I'm listening to Eminem or do I want people to hear the worship music? And maybe they'll judge me for that. Well, what? that's a weird gospel music. Or maybe they'll hear a line or two in there and they'll think, well, that's interesting. That's powerful. That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, you could plant a seed or if nothing else, you could also help normalize their exposure to Christianity, mm-hmm. which would 
then open the doors for someone else to plant a seed. So yeah. there's that too. And I like what you said earlier. It's like, should I be doing this? Like little details. Yeah. What part of your human nature are you feeding into? Because people might not think, well, if I, I can watch whatever I want to watch. It doesn't actually change who I am. It's not going to change me. But over time, over time, I can slowly begin to impact the quality of your character. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't realize it for some things. And I definitely think that everyone has strengths and weaknesses. And some things will be not hard for me to deal with, but hard for other people and vice versa. Uh, so it's, it's different compared to each person. But... It, obviously it's more than just these things that I'm talking about. We have to also give effort in order to spread the seed of the gospel to everybody. And it's not just, Oh, I guess I can listen to worship music a little bit louder. It works with people here. It's more than just that. But I am saying we can apply this to every aspect of our life and uh, pray for people too. Here's a big one uh, that I realized a couple of years ago, people would come to me and they would, uh, be weary over something. Maybe they had lost in their family. Maybe they're dealing with something very difficult. And I would pray for them at home. Um, but I was like, wait, why don't I just ask if I can pray with them? Like the worst they can. And I was, I was, I was too scared to say, it cause I was a bit embarrassed of the idea of asking. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is, you know, it's like just one of the bros. It's kind of weird to ask, but, uh, the worst he could say is no. And if he says no, well then I'll just pray for him at home. I'll pray for him at home. And, He's still receiving prayer, but why not try to pray with him so he can experience what it is I'm saying to him, like what that I care about him because now he's he's hearing that I pray and he can join with me in prayer. How much atheists or people that aren't believers in Christ have had someone praying with them in person? Probably never, maybe a handful of times. So it happened, and I, I did that with one friend, and uh, he had dealt with a lot of loss in his family, and just things were not going right in his life. I was like, hey, dude, uh, do you mind if I pray with you right now? And he said, sure. Like, in, like, he seemed excited. Sure, I'd love that. And I was like, oh, I didn't expect that reaction. Awesome. Okay. So I prayed with him, and it was a moment I won't forget. And I think that's something that we can do, too, is prayer with people in person, the people that we know. Um, something really interesting that I, I will say that I admire a lot about Muslims is how often they pray. And uh, people will close their business for 30 minutes just to pray. Like, you'll, I had a friend who recently came from guitar, and she told me that she looked in the store, and this guy was just on his mat praying. Like, we want, we want people to see us worshiping God. Yeah, thank you for sharing, Justin. I'm wondering, though, like, as individuals, individuals, disciples, we could definitely do more. Everyone can always, but I'm wondering what we could do to impact the church to do more, to be more effective body. Okay. Because we can, if there's a church doing something, if there's a group of people doing something, they're almost entirely more effective every time than a single person. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, so I'm not trying to draw away what, what you just said. That's a hundred percent agree. And we should definitely do that. But as the body of Christ, because the church is the body of Christ, is there anything that the church could be doing differently than it does typically today in general? I think it depends on every individual church because I think there's issues everywhere and there's different things people can be working on. So it's important for pastors and members of churches to actually pray about what can they do differently? How can they reach more people? How can they mm -hmm. actually serve the community around them? That's a very good point. And I, I do know, 
I've visited a couple of churches where uh, I will I'll listen to the sermon and I'll watch the, you know I'll, I'll attend the service. I'll look afterwards around the church at any like outreach programs they're doing. Some aren't doing any, and then I look at our church. Um, it has a very little amount of people in it, and we uh, I, I invited my friend once to the church. They couldn't believe the outreach that we were doing. Like, wow, you guys donate for to stop human trafficking in your own city, as well as donating to stop human trafficking in Cambodia, as well as giving to a church in Jamaica. Like, wow. <laughs> but you guys are making an impact, and you guys are showing the love of Christ by giving in these areas. Now, that's I think that is one area. is, But I, I do like the fact that it's also local, too. I agree with that, and I suppose that other than financing outreach programs, we also can contribute our labor in a charitable way too. We mm-hmm. could do fundraising. We could soup kitchens, soup kitchens. We could do community events, things like that. It's Cause I mean, right. Like, like Emily was saying, it does depend on your church and your location and everything can change considering just that alone. But the area we are, the outreaching to homeless people makes sense, but you might not be living in a big city. Maybe you're in a rural church and different outreach can apply to you in that sense. The church could be impacting its community in different ways, depending on that. It used to be that the churches would, uh, they would be the people that looked after everyone. You know what I mean? It wasn't government outreach programs. It was the churches. Like there was hospitals under them. There was so many functions. The churches is where you would go if you were down on your luck or whatever. Like they would look after people. They would look after all the widows and the orphans. Mm -hmm. And we don't really do that anymore. I'm not saying that specifically our church has to do all of that. Not at all. Obviously, it would have to be a collective group effort of multiple churches. And honestly, it would have to take a big revival because not only have churches moved away from that as government outreach programs have moved into that atmosphere, but also churches have gotten smaller. People have left the churches. There's not as many around anymore. So I'm not even sure that would be economically feasible. But you are right. The amount of influence that the church had in its community was much greater than it is now like you were saying like taking care of that seems like a much more factual thing you could say mm-hmm. for sure yeah uh that was really awesome i think i pulled once again like william said in that first episode pulled more out of that than i ever have before mm-hmm. i'm really glad i'm glad that we're doing this once again guys uh we do have a website out now disciplesquest.net that blog comes out every wednesday if you feel like you want to support us in our ministry, we do have a Patreon. You can even start with that tier one, uh, $3, if you feel like it. We should just um, be those people that put a bunch of like Bible verses in the description of the Patreon all about giving the charity. I've seen a lot of those. Oh, no. Guilt them into it. Mwahaha. Yeah. So thank you guys uh, for joining us in this episode, learning about Ephesians. We're definitely going to take off uh, the second part of Ephesians 2 in the next episode and we are going to end with a prayer from emily okay god um thank you that we're able to meet and talk about you um i ask that you help us and everyone listening to this podcast to have strong faith in you and to have the spiritual blessings that you give us and actually use them um thank you god for your spiritual wisdom and insight help us to grow help our hearts to Um, be flooded with your light and so that we can understand the confident hope that you've given to us. Um, Thank you for your riches and your inheritance. Thank you that you're always with us. God, we love you. Please help us to um, seek you more throughout this week and give us hearts that um, want to actually do good for your kingdom. Amen.
That's all for today. Share this podcast, subscribe, comment, leave a review if you can. And once again, check out our website, check out our social media. We're really excited about it. We put a lot of work to it. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Bye.